Well, thanks for joining us on the Jock and Journo show. It's the big one, fellas, the big dance. The last weekend in September, it's grand final week, of course, and a massive game between the Richmond Army and the Adelaide Crows, who are looking to cap off just a uh, sensational season. Jake Clark, Scotty Pendlebury, and Braden Cox here, which will probably be our last uh, podcast, boys. We decided this is going to be it. I think so. I think this will be it. Do the big preview and then... Um, I don't think anyone's going to surf. If Richmond win, no one's going to surface in Melbourne for the <laughs> week anyway. So. This, is, this is actually sad. Is this, instead of the players review on the footy show, maybe we should do a singing players review. We shouldn't, uh, Coco, no, unless oh. you want to uh, lead us off. Mate, they certainly will shut down Swan Street. Embridge Road, if the Tigers get up uh, Saturday. Car, we're going to talk about the game, Scott. I know you've got some uh, great tactical thoughts, some key matchups which we've got to get to later. But I want the goss... Um, from the Brownlow night, mate, because you were prominent in your voting. We never doubted you. We were big supporters of you, obviously. And I think 16 votes, mate, if you didn't break the finger, mate, you could have finished top three or top five, mate. You were on fire there for a bit. Could have finished top three. Yeah, I'm three. not in it to come top three, top five. I mean, to win it. So, <laughs> realistically, I was 21 votes away. So, um, no, it was uh, – it's a fun night. It, yep. It's not bad. And um, this year – last year – as I think I've said before, last year we were right out the back near the men's yes. toilets. So the AFL must have known that you, in particular, that you guys must have done it right in the voting because that's yeah. why they got in your front So we were, we were in prime position. Weren't we were you? literally, I could almost touch the, the mic. So we all got to the table and we were wrapped where we were sitting because like, we were in the thick of things. Yep. So we all started thanking Howie. Yes. Howie's on the table. Yes. Clearly Howie's won mark of the year. Oh, clearly. And it's going to be a short walk for him and... Because of how we, we are on this table, that is, in prime position. Yep. So, um, yeah, so we all sat there. We had a good night. Um, I, I got the three goggles out every time I did I like a three-voter. I like um, that. Someone tweeted me and said, about time Mr. Vanilla showed a personality. <laughs> oh, zing. <laughs> yeah, so bang, cop that. So, um, yeah, we had a good night on the table and then a couple of beers. A couple of beers. And then it came down to mark of the year. Yeah, let's talk about this because we thought Howie was an absolute moral dollar one. Yeah, and but the thing is, we didn't realise it was a fan vote. Yeah, so we thought it was a panel. So because it was a fan vote, it's disappointing that the Collingwood fans didn't get behind our oh. man Jeremy Howe. Yeah. So the bombers have outnumbered us yep. and got their man over the line. They could argue we had two in, so they voted split the votes, but. Um, yeah, so we thought he was a certainty to win it. And, and Jeremy sort of thought he was a bit of yeah, a certainty. He was, yeah, he was pretty happy with himself on the table. <laughs> he said that he had got a speech and all this sort of stuff written. So, um, yeah. yeah, and then it come out and Joe Danaher won. And it was. It was a fantastic mark. And even Joe would admit that how his mark, it's probably been the best mark of the last 20 years, potentially the best mark of all time. So sum up uh, your take on uh, Howie's reaction and just the sort of the next couple of couple of minutes, how that went down with well, Howie. To put it simply, he went from the penthouse to the shit house <laughs> really quickly. Yep. Um, but we got we we bounced him back. He, he, got he was back him. within a round. Um, then we were really nervous he wasn't going to vote. And then we were asking the question, why was he invited to the Brownlow? If he At wasn't all? going to win Mark of the Year and he's not going to vote in the Brownlow. Did he get that, a vote? And he didn't get a vote. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So he was copying it from all angles on our table. So he. Could so then the he Copeland. wasn't the reason... Why we had that great table. And who was? The reason was... <laughs> You're not saying you, are you? No. The, between me, Tay, Steele and Ads, we had 50-something votes. So yep. we'll, between the four of us, we Solid voted... Table. Yeah, not too bad. So 
we were unsure why how he was invited. So you came. So he was flat, <laughs> and then we added added a, a bit more flatness to the great man. But oh. it's quite. He could win our best and fairest, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like between him, Steele, and Taylor Adams, yep. I think one of those three will win it. Yep. And how he probably the guy that I think will win it. Yep. But doesn't get a vote at the Brownlow. That's the Brownlow for you because not. Really, it's a midfielder's award. So, we all know that. But don't build Howie up for the Copeland just to let him crash back down again. No, well, I said three. So again. I think yeah. that, like, pretty even. I think between Steele, Howie, Tay, pretty even. It's, yeah. it's not a fan vote either. Do you no, know, Cocker? Who's going to win the Copeland? Do you know? I know yeah. who, who wins the Copeland. Well, he has to do all the, um, all the packages. He has to do all the packages yeah, for yeah. So, um, so let's get you out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look down. He, he yeah. would probably be – we, we haven't chatted about this, Cocker, obviously, but he would be my tip, I would say. Yeah, well, I, Howie, yeah. I think that between, yeah, as I said, between him still Tay, they all had really good patches mm. of the year where they played some really good footy, and then I think how he went to another level is probably the closest guy in our team to getting an All Australian gig. Yeah, um, surprised Great, yeah. surprised yeah. he didn't get an All Australian gig. So yeah, um, yeah, I, as I said, don't want to build him up because he's known to get a bit flat when he doesn't win the awards. <laughs> but let's hope that uh, he goes very close anyway. Uh, was it nice to catch you catch up with any of your uh, you know opponents? Was it a nice social setting to catch up with the boys? Did you, or did you just sort with of boy? <laughs> no, I caught up with um, Jared Ruffhead and his partner Sarah on the way in. Yep, and as expected, congratulations yes. to those two. And yeah, I had a bit of a chat with Ruffy. who just did a two week stint in Europe. Bit of Oktoberfest action for him, and he was oh, back. Yeah, have a good time. Um, oh, he said it gave me a little. What? Yeah, he told me a few little stories and. He uh, put a few beers down the playing Gatha legend. So, yep. yeah, he, he did that and um, caught up with Joey Kennedy from um, yep. Sydney and Same had a bit of a chat with him and um, seen Ross Lyon and Fremantle's president or CEO in the elevator. Stevie Harris? Uh, I'm not sure. It's not not a bad looking rooster. The I think Stevie Harris. President, yeah. Yep. And he said um, he'd be nice to get across, wouldn't he, Ross? Mm. To me. Did he? I was a bit awkward in the elevator. Jeepers. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you get his card. Well, Ross didn't say anything, so I was like, it "Doesn't rate me, Ross." <laughs> <laughs> no, he goes, "He's too expensive for us." Uh, um, quality, yeah. So and then uh, oh, I gave Bucks a bit of banter throughout the night when oh, I overtook him. Zinger, um, yeah. How'd that go down? Yeah, he was flat. Yeah. So you've officially passed him votes wise. What is it? 164, 163. Oh, I'm, no idea. I'm not caught up in numbers. You know but it's exactly. 164, 163. <laughs> um, and how many? Yeah, games? And he played 30 odd games <laughs> more, so <laughs> got a few up my sleeve. Um, so he's a bit flat with that. Yep. And then yeah, then we yeah it finished and Did you we no nah, we didn't go. We had yep. our little man upstairs. He was getting babysat by my mum and yep. he wakes up at seven regardless of what time we get home. So I thought yeah. you were going to report back on the journos. See any journos getting up to mischief? Um, oh, Nerily Meadows. Oh, she gets up to a little bit of mischief. Yep. Yeah, Big list yeah, of the she uh, she likes the after party, I think. Yep. Just from some, from some of her Instagram work the next day. Yep. Um, Who does it? How 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 we go in the after party? Um, get a bit he was happier? still flat. Get a bit happier. No, he was flat. I think the boys had to encourage him up and get around him. And <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So no, it was, a, it was an all right night, and well done to Dusty Martin too for for winning. How did he handle it all? You reckon? Did you, did you stay for the speech? Yeah, he stayed for the speech. Yep. We were front and center. So yep. Um, yeah, I think he was true to himself. He didn't try and become someone he's, he wasn't, and. Um, I personally liked how it was short and sharp and yep. off he went. It's bigger fish to fry. Controversial aspect with the voting. Danger in the game he played against you guys. Um, didn't vote round 22. Yeah, he didn't vote against us yeah. in that. Yeah. See, so like I... It's ridiculous. I, I don't pay the greatest attention when I'm there. We got 10 
coaches' votes that yeah. game. So he got no no votes against us that second time we played them. He was clearly the best player on the ground by a long way. He yeah. had so. 30-plus touches, kicked two goals. I think it was 20-plus contested possessions, yeah, well, 12 clearances. In the third clearances. quarter, he took the game away from us. Yeah. We were should have won. Then entered Patrick Dangerfield in the third quarter and Taurus and you won. And Tommy Mitchell's 50-possession game, which I thought you were best on in that uh, in that game. I think the coaches did too. Yeah. Umpires gave the full votes to Tommy Mitchell. It was funny. Every, even when I was walking in with, with Ruffy, he said, I wonder what will happen in that game where yeah. Tommy Mitchell got 50. And I said, oh, I'm not really sure because your guess is as good as mine. And, you know, I've been there years in the past where we thought Swanee was going to win and, you know, it doesn't even go near it until the halfway mark. So, yeah, it's always interesting to see how the umpires see it and view it. Swatty lit up the uh, social media and Twitter sphere with his risque tweets. Someone uh, needs, what are, did Clayton, Clayton Oliver fire back at Swanee? Yeah. yeah. You're never going to win that he battle said, against um, Swanee. What <laughs> was You're it? never going to win the that battle. Swanee would be the kind of guy that would be sticking yep. Apple stickers on apples if he didn't play footy. Yeah, because he said Clayton Oliver would be a virgin if not for a footballer. He's <laughs> not a bad little call. It must have been it's pretty amusing over the years, Scotty, to be around Dane Swan where he's just firing off these uh, very dry and ripping one-liners. Yeah, well, I sit... In the locker room, his locker's opposite mine. Yeah, ten and thirty-six opposite each other in our locker room, and yeah, you just you could sit there all day or in the spa and have a listen to him. One one thing <laughs> I think of reading them is that actually him. Do you have yeah. any doubt that that's actually him tweeting that? Uh, no doubt at all. It might be filtered a little bit because he probably swears a little bit more than that. I don't think it is that. Filtered I just don't think or... you you just don't go back to him because I've heard people try and it's just then it just winds him up. So yeah. But we've said that about Clayton before, and he hasn't listened, does he? No, he hasn't. <laughs> hey, it's a big week, particularly on the uh, social scene. Had the Monday night, Brownlow night, a few sawheads. Last night, which is the was the coaches' night, which is a good night for the coaches. I was there. They all sort of let their hair down. You like that night, don't you? You rate that night. I think it's a good chance to um, to hang out with the coaches. Did when Dusty Martin out. go last night to get the coaches' award? Is no. that or is that a different one? No. They announced the Coaches Award Player of the Year yeah, last night, did. and yep. Dusty Martin won it. Well, yeah, it wasn't there. Wasn't there? No, okay. you wouldn't yeah. expect him to be there. No, no, I was just checking because oh, I remember I, when I won that award, I went to the night and I f- thought it was unbelievable. I was like, well, "This is a really good night on yeah, the calendar." Yeah, it is. It is. Is that just it's a, a way f- to bring up that you won the Coaches Award? No, because I, I think I did win it when we were playing in the grand final, and I went. Yeah. Can't remember. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Tonight's the Virgin Party, which tends Jesus, to get a, what is that? a little bit uh, <laughs> loose. You sort of get your Virgin player Airlines. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Party. yes. That's yep. so. yeah. You get your player manager types, uh, which is good. Thursday's a traditional uh, social scene rest day. Every... I got the text message before from the Virgin crew saying, you know, the after party's tonight. You should go. Come back um, out with me. No, I'm not going. I've had a busy day. I had the Virgin Australia oh, lunch today. Yep. Over at the MCG at the Jim Stein's room. Good... and. Lunch there, and then I've got ballet after this, and then I want to go home and see the young fellow before he ducks off to bed. You going to watch the ballet, or no? Going in, to participate. You're in the ballet. Yeah, have you seen me move? <laughs> oh, <laughs> moves like a jagger, mate. Oh, I love it. Um, so you just got rejected. You asked him out. I did. Yeah, yeah. Just hard to get. That's him a hard no. Once so. a year. Yeah. Friday, uh, there's the uh, all the grand final eve parties. Do you go to all these? Do you go to... This is your time. This is like... It's a notorious yeah. social life. Do you yeah, do any work it's there or are you week. just there to... It's a good way. Soak it up. Well, yeah. it works. It works by going to these functions. Yeah, I'm not working. Try and fit in some exercise among, among all this. The Friday Grand... The, what, did, what was your recollections of the, um, the Grand Final Parade? Uh, I remember your, we trained, trained in the morning and then we went to the art centre, I think it was, and you sit down in like this sort of dungeon of a room, yep. like shielded away from everything, and then you pop out jump on the car and then you start the parade and I sat with um, Daisy Thomas yep. in my car I think both and then Darren Jolly the following year against Geelong and, um, Do you enjoy it? It blew me away the first one Yep Just like how many people are there and it's crazy and 
obviously being with Collingwood, we outnumber. So Richmond Friday will experience it. That when they introduced Nick Rewalt and Ross Lyon out, the Collingwood chance started. Yeah, it's completely right. overpowered, and everyone thought it like I think even Rewalt made mention that he thought it was a bit disrespectful. Yep. But you know, you're talking to the Collingwood fans. As soon as you say it, they're going to go harder. Yep. So yeah, it's a great experience to be a part of, and I think. Teams do it pretty well now. That, you know, all the players just enjoy the week, embrace it. Don't try and block it out because you can't. So, I think we do that a lot better now. Because I think ten years ago, you know, it was, you know, try and block out the noise, just play your role, do your job. But enjoy the week. You know, I just did the lunch with Nick Natanui before. He's played in one grand final loss, but he still said it's the best. He's so glad that he's experienced it. Yeah, um, he wants to get back there and win one, but. If he doesn't, he's glad that he's got to experience it because some people never experience Grand Final Week. Before we touch on the game, I just want to ask you about the stare off the psych out, the Crows sort of... Uh, they did it again. Harker. What, what do you, from a Richmond perspective, right, because we probably know what Adelaide's going to do. What do you think well, there's like the, the added, Richmond guy should There's do? the added layer of... So they stand how they stand, yeah. but then they don't move until yeah. you move. So it creates this awkwardness. At, like, so the, it goes and it's silent and... Technically, the crowd can make noise, but they don't because no team moves and Adelaide stands there. And then on the weekend, Tex Walker, when it finished, Geelong stood there, Adelaide stood there, and then Geelong sort of did the awkward, what do we do? And then walked off and Tex Walker took a few steps towards Geelong, the chest out. Yeah, this is mind game central. So, so, what, I, love it. so what, I, what would you, what I would think Richmond do? will do something. Mm. So I don't know what, but I think they will... Circle up? No, we can't because you've got it to the... So oh, you're saying when it finishes, yeah. run around a big circle. As in, as in, get together, huddle. Potentially. Or as soon as it's done, just go bang, turn your back and go. Oh, yeah, I like that too. So as soon as it's done, like don't yeah. get caught in that awkward, they didn't move, we, they've got to know what's going on. But like even this, we're talking about like it's wasting too much time on something that isn't that important. But I do think you have to look at it. It's interesting. So spend you, Cochin, Hardwick, uh, Rance, Whoever's in that rewalt in the leadership group, righto boys, this is what we're doing. Soon as that anthem ends, bang, turn your back, sprint down to our goal square, get the crowd going. Yes. That's something that Maxi did really well with us. Yep. We always used to run down to the goal square and like so you're almost touchable for the crowd. Get them up. And get them up. So I think Richmond have to play on that as much as they can. And it's going to be different to the prelim forum. They're not going to have the weight of numbers like they did for that. There's going to be, say, thirty thousand tickets for Richmond. Mm. It's the same for Adelaide and then corporates as well. So it's going to feel different from there's going to be there's not going to be as much energy at the MCG for Richmond this week, which I don't know if that might be a bit of a letdown for them, but that's just the realities of it. And it's fascinating. No player has played in the grand final. Mm. Yeah, it is. So who's going to win? How do you see this game? I mean, I think hats off to Richmond for what they did to GWS last week. They, it was a big game and they stood up. The pressure was there. The defence was unbelievable. And the kids in the forward line took their chance, didn't they? Castagna, et cetera. Um, and Trent Cochin was absolutely unbelievable. You think they can back that up two in a row on the biggest day of these well, guys' lives? Well, they've done it. They did it against Geelong. They've been riding momentum now for a little bit. Adelaide's a different beast. They use the ball really well. They're a bit random with how they use the ball. Sometimes they go straight back. As soon as they win it, they go straight back where it comes from at you. Sometimes they'll go out to the fat side. Sometimes they run and carry through you. Um, and then if they get into trouble, they just can launch it because they've got six brilliant one-on-one players in front of the ball. So mm. I think they're probably next level again for a step up again for, for Richmond. And um, 
you know, on the weekend versus the Giants, the Giants did control that game for large periods in that first half. And I think if they give that look to Adelaide, Adelaide will score. That's one thing Adelaide do. They score heavily um, and they don't muck around. So, yeah, I think Richmond are going to have to be on. The pressure, you know, they will bring their pressure because you, you don't need the ball to bring that. But I think Adelaide will bounce out of that like what the Giants did, similar to that. So, um, Is Lynch the key? He's Tommy. He's, he's, an un, he's an unheralded guy. He seemed the the, the lead up forward, the hit up marking. Yeah. How do you take that out of the Adelaide game? Well, he's such a connector for him. He almost every time it goes in, they rebound, they play through him, and you could see every time he gets it, he just grabs it, takes two or three steps back off the mark, rolls around, looks, and then whatever he wants, he'll he'll hit. He'll have a go at anything, and if he doesn't like anything, then he just launches long to whoever's the longest one on one. So, I think that's going to make guys like Rance more accountable because if you roll off and try and read, read where Tommy Lynch is going to go, he'll he'll carve you up. Mm. So I, I'm not sure who the matchup is. Is it Grimes? But he's traditionally gone to Betts. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too sure who they try and play on him. Um, maybe a Basher Hooley play someone smaller on him. And mm. But yeah, he's very, very good. He's underrated athlete as well. He gets up and down. And um, yeah, I certainly think he's the key. Because Asprey and Rance like to sort of more stay at home. Yeah, they stay at home. Rance is watching him on the weekend going to the Richmond game. Rance pretty much dictates his own position. So wherever there's a stoppage, wherever the ball is, he just puts himself yep. where he wants. And if you're playing on him and you go to a poor spot, he just drops off you. If you go too deep, he just comes up to where he wants. So I think the way to play him is sort of sit always just two metres behind him, make him think, where is he? He's just behind me. Because if a long kick does come, then you can just pin him under the ball and try and get him out the back. Yeah. If you sit in front of him, he's just gonna he'll just smash it all game. And Taylor, I would imagine that Taylor Walker, if he's going to play out of the gold square, is going to get physical. If France is going to sit in front of Taylor Walker, who's clearly got the mad stare eyes yeah. going at the moment. Well, I think the I think the start of the game will be physical based on what happened at the match review panel. So I think that it's going to be on for young and old. And if you put your head over it, mm. in some sense, I don't think the head's going to be as safe as it usually is this week because. Yeah. Well, Dylan Shield gets concussed and that, and then you lose him for a game. Um, I just think it's going to be on. I don't think players are going to be too. It'll, be, it'll be like what Cochin did. It's going to be Kamikaze out the ball. Yeah, and he just went so hard at the footy. Shield's head happened to be in the way. So you reckon so, that set that sends a signal to the? Well, if, like every team says, we you learn from what happened. So even though Cochin was slightly late, he went hard and low. Yeah, tried to win the footy and byproduct he hit Shield in the head, and I think that. Guys like Rory Sloan, the Crouch boys, they've seen that. So if you're second in, mm. just go hard and low and see what happens. Do you think – did you like the MRP call? Yeah, I, I love the fact that no player got rubbed out for the granny. Yeah. 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 That, that's a feeling-based thing. That's, yeah, not that's, a, that's, just, that's not what the system should be like, really. Yeah, if you, probably not. But I just grounds for concern. Yeah, but – I, as a football lover, I just, I'm glad that Cochin's playing in the grand final and Alice is playing in the grand final. You know, every, you hear everyone say if it was round 16, they'd probably both get rubbed out. But yeah. Alice didn't even get a fine. That's I probably feel the, I feel the most sorry out of it all for Dylan Shield, who yeah. Yeah. is his first biggest, the biggest game of his career in front of 100,000, and he got really to participate in it for 15 minutes. Yeah. And he then the Giants, cheated, apparently, according Giants to lose their best, second best midfielder for the game. All Australian? Yeah. But yeah, so I, but I just think on like that sets the precedent for this game to be incredibly hot, Would you be hotter than ever that at anyway? the start. Because, well, it's if you've got the head over the footy, traditionally how it all has gone now is if you're second in, you go in to try and tackle or look after the head a little bit. I'm not saying we, we're still not going to do that, but I'm just saying guys aren't going to care. Mm. 
they're just going to fly in low and hard, try and win the footy. Like Cochin did. Like what Cochin Would did. Would you be caring more, uh, worried more about the free kick or the or the MRP? So, like, Cochin didn't give, away, he didn't give away a free kick when he did it. Yeah. Would, it, would that be a concern on the day? You wouldn't be thinking about the MRP, would you? No, well, I'm just saying thing? that you're going to redline a bit more. Yep. So, the ball's there and you're second to it. Traditionally, it's like, you know, protect the guy with the head over the footy, yep. get him behind, tackle. I think guys are just going to fly in, try and win the pill. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting point. Do you, interesting do you point. think Richmond's better at that? Oh, I think well, Adelaide around the ball are, mm-hmm. are bullies. But it's, it's only, the only reason I say it is because every time there's a match review decision, clubs do say that we learn from what's happened and then mm-hmm. our players adjust. So, yeah. And you don't want to play in the grand final and think, what if? Matt Crouch, Brad, Brad Crouch have gone to another level this year and are still potentially underestimated. But is Roy Sloan still the man you need to stop? Out of that Adelaide midfield. No, I think it's Crouch. Which one? Which one? Oh, sorry, Matt. Matt Crouch. Yeah. I think he's he's risen that. Oh, it's just it's just how he plays. I think within there, the way they play, he always seems to be that guy. First hands that gets the first handball out of trouble or um, wins the you know off the contest wins the ground ball, and then his ability to find someone or release someone in time and space. He's got great hands. He's a great short kick. I think his ability to do that is key because he. Not only gets around the clearance, but around the ground. If you let him just run free and just mop up, he'll kill you with his hands. I'll prioritise him over yeah. Sloan. So yep. Matt Ball pressed here probably. But yeah, I don't think they don't, they won't probably tag. They will they? They didn't in round six. Yeah. Do you think they should play the tag? Uh, well, Adelaide won't. Will they? No, but Richmond. I think Richmond will play tag on Laird. Mm. So Rory Laird will get uh, Townsend. Yep. Jake and Townsend, go thing. try and bash him, do whatever you yep. can. I think Laird will deal with it fine because that means he can then dictate what he wants. I think Laird would be more worried if Rioli come and stood next to him mm. and said, I'm just going to play and you try and stop me than someone going to him and being like, I'm going to stop you because have to that didn't him. work for Geelong. Yep. So then he can dictate completely what he wants to do. And You've seen how good he was in that first quarter. Isn't it going to be an amazing showcase of the small forwards? We saw Daniel Rioli, as you just mentioned then, and Castagna stood up early. He unbelievable, yeah. Daniel Rioli, last week. Yeah. Clearly the best player on the ground. It was um, it was Cyril Lucky, but down the other end, my man Charlie Cameron as well as Eddie Betts, and it shows how the whole style of game has moved away. We once thought that big finals like this were won by the big key forwards, Alistair Lynch and Jonathan Brown, you know, Travis Cloak, these sorts of guys. Yeah. Now we're potentially seeing this, this yeah, shift. Yeah, speed kills, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. This pace and this pressure. And now Richmond, you know, potentially not going to go for another key forward in the trade period because they're backing in this um, this uh, pace and that speed. And that is where Jordan to go is very important for you guys. Too. Yeah. I think if you've got it on your list, you use it because speed's so important. Charlie Cameron, I think that was probably the best game of his career yep. last week. He finished his work and I reckon that's – when you up. watch him play – he does does like you know Operation Successful. Patient died like so many times. He does the right thing, but he's so knackered by the end of the run that he misses the kick or misses the shot on goal. Last week he he put it all together and he's yep. electrifying. So um, yeah, there's I think there's pace at both ends that that worry that will worry both sides. But I think Adelaide's mix of their six forwards and how they play together is better than because they can hurt you with the footy as well. Yep. I'm not Richmond can as well, but I think Adelaide have probably. The classier of the two sides. I think what was good about Rioli was when he was scoring, he was scoring when they needed a goal. And every time he'd stand up and kick a goal, it was early third quarter. It was really interesting. Yeah, but you hear how they all talk, they're small forwards. That it, if we buy into the pressure, the tackles, we don't know when it's going to happen, but eventually it's going to come around to you and it's going to be your turn to kick the goals. And I, don't, 
But I don't think Rioli would have done anything different. Mm. He just was on the end of them, like what they talk about. That it was his turn to shine. Yep. And, you know, obviously when the chances come, you've got to kick the goals, which he did so you, unbelievably. Just to transgress a little bit, do you look at that from a Collingwood perspective, who will probably lower down in the, in the pressure stakes and say, well, that's where we've got to get to? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got to... You don't, don't necessarily have to get to number one, yep. but you've got to be around the mark. And yep. I think that's something that... Um, for so long, we were really good side at that forward pressure. Probably won a grand final on the ability to lock yep. the ball in the forward half and, and pressure. So, um, yeah, and you know, back then we did it with a taller forward line. Mm. So it doesn't matter. You've just got to buy into the pressure side of it. So, yep. yeah, I think well, I think all sides would be looking at that, trying to find your best mix. But as we know, you can't. We can't just go whoever wins this weekend. Let's just copy them because you're going to be 12, 24 months behind. But it's where the games. Where do you think they fall down a bit then, uh, Richmond? You talk about the forward half pressure and you talked up Castagna just before but I think I saw him as a bit of a weakness like they said goals are a byproduct of his pressure and tackling he didn't have that many pressure acts and he didn't have that many tackles I think he only had one tackle and he kicked his his opportunities out on the full took a couple of marks yeah was busy I think that's the question early yeah that's the question for Richmond can they kick enough goals for me yeah well because you know Adelaide's going to kick 20 yeah but what's the weather doing uh, I think it's going to be we 18 and cloudy. So, were, were you watching Shy Bolton in the run around the VFL? He kicked the first two goals. I thought yeah. someone's in trouble. Yeah, but I think just the mix that both sides have got, they'll be unchanged, unchanged, I think. I don't know. Adelaide's back line is fairly tall. Yep. And Richmond are incredibly mm. small. So do they try and dominate the air and then so we're not changing or do they bring in a small and get rid of one of their talls, which yep. is... And that's where Hardigan maybe goes to I mean, Dusty or Josh a forward, Josh Caddy a forward, yeah. and Tali is on Rewalt, then it's the Hardigan-Dusty yeah. matchup, which could be crucial. Yeah, which would work for Adelaide. Uh, I mean, because as in, if the ball comes in long, yes, there's not like a complete disadvantage to Hardigan because Martin's not going to be able to stream out the way. It's a key defender. If it comes in quick, he's going to get off him with speed. Yeah, but Adelaide ability. Jake then as Jake Lever drops in usually in. Covers you, so. Jake Kelly. What about yeah. McGovern m- missing out? What does that mean for Adelaide? No, I was I was talking about at the lunch, and I said, you know, they've won both their finals by ten plus goals. Rory Sloan doesn't play the first one. Mm. Brody Smith doesn't play the second one. They're just one goes down, one comes up. So, so I think they and they've missed McGovern for large periods of the year already. So yeah. I think they'll be fine. It's the way they play; they all buy into it. Um, really looking forward to it what about and Adelaide's doing all of this without a top 10 pick in their side is that right that's well, it was Rory Sloan he would have been close wouldn't he no he was uh, 30 odd but isn't oh, that that's 40. incredible that, it, that is it a game plan thing is it a coaching thing they've had different coaches over that journey oh, I think it's probably too pl- simplistic to say it's just a game plan thing but their whole club their whole mantra the culture the coaching staff the admin staff they one common goal and um, trying to achieve it They're all in They're all invested They're all buying in And momentum You can't underestimate How it, powerful momentum is It's a bit Sydney-esque How they kind of Create uh, Players out of Kind of later picks So many rookie picks yeah. um, And bargain picks And that's why Hamish Ogilvy He's the star recruiter At the Crows And he will be uh, He's been just a pivotal figure In um, this club's rise What's your tip? Norm Smith medalist Ooh. What's the uh, the tip of the margin, Scotty? Yeah, I think Adelaide by about five goals. Oh, okay. Um, Decent. Yeah, well, I just think some like – I think it might, you know, could be close all day and then it might blow out a little bit late. Um, and I think Matty Crouch for Norm Smith. Okay. I'd go Adelaide more just because I want it to happen. Um, <laughs> Adelaide by about six because, yeah, normally it gets Blows to a breaking point. Um, yeah. Norm Smith. 
And then I'm thinking probably Eddie Betts, someone yep. like that. Yeah, he was emotional, yeah. wasn't he, after the prelim. See how much it meant to him. Tears oh, of 13 joy. Years. 13 years. I think uh, the whole Victorian footy public are cheering for Eddie Betts in the yeah. big one. Yeah. He's yeah. one who's uh, very popular. I, I like, um, I mean, it might be an easy answer, but Rory, Norm Smith, Rory Led, yeah. or maybe even Jakey Lever. I yep. reckon a big day with some intercepts, high possessions. They'd be the two I'd be going for. A little bit of value. And I'm with you, Adelaide, by maybe four goals. Just question mark over where the Tigers can kick the goals. Yeah. But um, I think unless unless conditions play a part where it becomes really wet, yep. you know, like real dirty style of play. Yep. I think if you get a semi-nice day, the question, I think it's going to be about can Richmond keep up, keep the scoreboard ticking over like what Adelaide do. So... Because Adelaide, in every final, have kicked big scores, 20-plus goals. Rich, so, and Richmond are very good defensively. Yep. But I think Adelaide are next-level offensively. So yep. it's sort of like, you know, Hawthorne-Sydney grand final when best defensive versus best offense that I think Adelaide's options and the amount of guys that can kick goals. Richie Douglas is so underrated. Who Stealth goal kicker. Oh, very good player. Their midfield kick goals. Jenkins always is like out the back and kicking goals. So. Do you reckon you could pick out Riley Knight and um, Rory Atkins from a police lineup. Um, I always get them confused. They look pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. um, I reckon a lot of Melbourne Riley footy not, fans would have Riley absolutely Knight. no idea. Riley Knight looks so young. When you look at him, he looks so young. I remember because I didn't play against Adelaide this year. And, mm. um, during the week, we thought that he would go to Trelaw and tag. And just watching some vision of him during the week, he looks so little, but he's got these big legs. Big legs, strong. Um, he, he did okay on Selwood last week, you know, just trying to annoy him and make it hard for him, even though Joel was still Geelong's best player. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, everyone says, I think my old coach Mick used to always say, who's look at the bottom six and then you'll decide the result right there. Your old teammate Paulie Seedsman in the yeah, final. Geez, he was on fire last week, wasn't he? Kick three, should kick four. He was probably the best player in the first half or yeah. thereabouts. What did you do? What are your memories of, as we leave this, of Mick the day before um, the game or... Um, you know, in the speech before the game, what 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 are your lasting memories of, you know, the preparation and the motivation from him? Yeah, I think with Mick, with the younger players, and you know, I was a younger player then, and we had so many. He just was all about use use your excitement, um, use the energy, play on instinct, have fun, enjoy yourself, and um, he really made you feel like you that we had the chance to own the day, own the stage, um, set the tone the way we wanted to, and. I don't remember too much about of his pre-game just because you're so locked mm. in and ready for it. Um, you know, and Maxie's speech before the game, I couldn't tell you a word he said because you're just <laughs> you're so locked in by that stage. All the work's done, and it was just yeah. I think Mick, Mick, Maxie did a great job of just keeping us um, excited by it, and this is you know our chance, our opportunity. Um, Darren Jolly, Luke Ball had both played in grand finals before, so we had someone to lean on there in that regard, and both those boys were fantastic. So. Um, you know, and then ultimately you're playing a draw in your first grand finals. Fairly unique circumstances, but glad we come back and won a week later. Night before? Night before the, the game. Same. Yeah, just keep it the same. It was yep. probably the thing you notice the most is like all week, you know, if you just... I, was thinking, I drove past Richmond today and I thought, you know, if Trent Cotchin went for a walk like he usually does today, day off, grabs a coffee, everyone's going to be staring at him, looking for an answer about grand final, you know, you're excited, you're yep. nervous. So I suppose you try and keep all your routines the same, but so many more people notice you. Yeah. They're willing, to, you know, you might get a free scone at Baker's Delight if you walk past or free <laughs> coffee and, yeah, it's great. 
You did mention that your first one was a draw and it was the last draw ever. What what do we think if if it goes into that draw territory? Would would you have had like more fuel left in the tank to go another no. 10 no, minutes? You were half dead. I thought I was like going to not get out of the ground. I needed someone to peel me off the yeah. ground when the siren went. Because you were sick. I was a little bit crook, but I just couldn't believe how taxing the grand final is because everyone says like it goes, the speed, it's almost like the speed ramps up every so like home and away is 100 percent. the first final is 110 mm. 120 and then this one you're sitting at 140 150 every effort's redlining um you know not to say you don't redline all the time through the season it just feels like every moment is so crucial yeah. and then the players that i suppose play well are the ones who can deal with the pressure put all that aside have clarity and make the right decision and that's you see guys like dusty martin's had so many moments where the pressure's on everything's on Weaves through traffic, hits a target, everyone goes bananas because it's like he just hit a kick. How unbelievable is that in yep. the pressure stakes? So. And you're working towards that finish line thinking it's the finish line oh, and then someone yeah, exactly. removes it got, 10 minutes Even the, the second week when we were up three-quarter time and you pretty much knew you had it, the message was like, leave nothing in the tank. You've got 30 minutes of football left, chance to create history for your footy club, be mm. a part of something special, absolutely red line. And it wasn't until five minutes to go that you sort of started looking around thinking this is going to be unreal and is the adrenaline huge like i mean obviously the adrenaline at the start games. is yeah. massive and this both weeks we had a shot on goal within like a minute and kicked a goal um the second one we had a sh- we had a shot within 30 seconds and swanee gave away a free kick um zach dawson had a blood nose from cloaky belting him and then swanee threw clinton jones to the ground so the ball got reversed and then mm. yeah the, the emotion at the start until the it's like, it sounds funny, the game settles, but it doesn't settle until probably the 15, 20-minute mark of the first quarter. Usually, in home and away, the game settles after two, three minutes into the game. And yep. it's just that for the first wave of bench players come on, everyone gets a rotation, and then they just go again. So probably a quarter time, you're sitting there thinking, Jesus, where'd that first quarter of the grand final go? Yeah. What's going on? And that's where I think if one side starts well, like you can get a massive jump, six goals to zip like that. And you're like, What's happened? Mm. The grand final's gone. Mm. So it's, yeah, like everyone, I'm as excited to sit there and watch what happens in the first 25, 30 minutes. Kind of with perspective, do you watch what Richmond's done this year? They were belted by 123 points in uh, round 23 last year. Got hammered by GWS the week before. Huge review of the footy club, you know, people not feeling great about themselves. Do you look at what they've done and think you guys are capable of pulling off a similar sort of revival? Yeah, absolutely. I think even with the Bulldogs the year before, everyone everyone takes hope out of it. Mm. But at the, ultimately, at the end of the day, it comes down to action. So yep. we're just going to make sure we train hard over summer, come back good shape, train hard, prepare really well, and then see what happens. Yep. So we're just going to make sure we leave no stone unturned, do all the work. Um, and you just – I say it all the time, but you just got to try and at some point get on a roll, win three or four games in a row, build some momentum – get our supporter base, you know, fully engaged again, get 90,000 there every time we play at the G, get that 19th man mentality and then you never know because Richmond had a patch this year where they lost, I think, three games in three weeks by under a goal. So they would have been flat, but you just got to keep buttering up good sides. You just, you, like looking at them, they won 15 games this year. So, and it, they weren't all pretty. So we've got to just embrace that grind. Um, yeah, and actions speak louder than words. It's very similar to Richmond in uh, the board kind of... Uh, decided to get more people around Dimmer and kind of get get him the help that he needed. He obviously needed to change. But how have you assessed the new coaches that have come in to Collingwood and, and how do you think that they'll help Bucks, Jay? Well, um, 
I mean, with Longmuir clearly uh, from from West Coast and Matty Boyd already a development um, coach. I mean, I, I think there probably needed to be a reshuffle because there was such a strong, you know, the, some of the guys had been here for a, a few years and, and maybe Bucks needed a, a sort of a few fresh ideas and, and fresh people around him to sort of stimulate and reinvigorate that game plan and uh, throw around some different concepts. So, look, it's, it's always hard to judge from an external perspective because guess how many minutes I've spent in an AFL coach's box over 15 years of football riding? Zero. So it is hard to really – that is one thing which is sort of impossible to assess from us really from an assistant coaching perspective because there's 10 guys in there. They're all throwing around ideas. I mean, even down at the minute with a Gold Coast coaching perspective, um, you know, like Johnny Barker's the favourite from Stuart Jew to Blake Carousella. How do you just – how do you know who's the better guy, the better coaching aspirant from then? Just word of mouth. Yeah, it's hard. And half the time it's a PR game. But I think it was the right – you know, from an over – Overarching perspective, it was clearly the right move from Collingwood, really, to, to, to sort of rejig that setup, and um, and perhaps that will that will continue as well. What you do know from Matty Boyd and my experiences with he, with him is that um, he's going to give it absolutely everything. He's a guy who's got the absolute most out of his uh, playing ability, and you know, a great fella, a great team man, a great glue guy, um, and I think he'll be a huge um, fill it for you guys. Also, Nick Maxwell coming back to the club, um, clearly in a in a leadership role, Scott. Um, you would be happy that he's going to be a bit of a sounding board for you now because yeah, that's potentially something that you haven't had a lot of in the past couple of years. Yeah, I think it's great that Maxie's come back to the footy club um, in that leadership capacity and I'm not sure the exact term, but um, you know, I spoke to Maxie the other day, mm-hmm. just touched base and it's going to, you know, he's worked with Melbourne Storm, um, who I rate as probably one of the best organisations in the world. So yep. to be able to pick his brain on what he's learnt post-footy is going to be really good. Um, how he thinks he can help here culturally is going to be really good. And um, just to have a guy walking around your football club that's as highly regarded as, as Maxie is going to be great for us, great for netball captain because I think he's working across all four teams, VFL, leadership group and yep. all that sort of stuff. So he's going to be huge to, to get him back. And, um, you know, one little side note is if you can be the runner also, it's, it's going to be fairly handy because he spends a little bit of time on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he was His role at uh, the Storm was developing leadership. Yep. Yeah, well, I think that's the path we've been going down for a few years is trying to develop the next wave. We've got a pretty young group and Taylor Adams, Sidey, Myself, Howie, um, Brody, Darcy Moore, Adam Trelaw, like we're starting to get that. It's just let's you know try and speed it up as much as we can. Big question for me is: Are you a better basketballer than Jesse White? Because it sounds like he's making the move to Melbourne United. Is that a crack? And going to seriously consider a uh, an NBL, NBL career. career. Yeah, I, I who, spoke who to Jesse. Went on my battles. Um, we haven't really had any, to be honest. Really. Um, just do you guys hang out at all? Nature of the we shoot around, but you don't want to, the basketball rings in, almost near the coach's office, so you don't want to do an ankle in front of the coach's office. True, but uh, no, he, he did tell me that he was going to have a crack at it, and he um, he played state basketball for Queensland, and you know six foot five, fairly good athlete. So um, you know I think it's great for him to go have a go at it and see how he goes, and it's a great story for probably the NBL. They can sort of gloat that they've got one back on us, and um, you know it'll be. I hope he can get on, get some minutes, play some good basketball, and yeah. Is he a small forward? Uh, oh, he t- probably too small to be a small forward. He's only six four, six five, so he probably have to be a two shooting guard or point guard or something. But very, very athletic, and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how he goes. Um, and your man uh, Andrew Bogut at the la- at your Lakers, Lakers sixty six, number sixty six. Yeah, great move. Need some veteran leadership there. Yep. So mentor the young guys. Yeah. Zumba. 
Who? What's his name? Lonzo Ball. No, 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 no. The, the young centre. Oh, oh, Zuvan U- Ubercic. Yeah. yeah, it's great to have Bogut there. He tweeted out the other day that he could get used to this LA weather because it sits at about 25 to 35 every day. So Maybe he knows that Paul George and LeBron are coming. Yep. Yeah. Well, D-Wade just signed at Cleveland and Chris Bosh is probably going to try and go there as well. And I like it. It's huge. Hey, Gazza's, uh, before we finish off. Yes, trade update. Yep. Yes. So Gaz wants to go home. Um, Does he? We didn't know that. To Geelong. He's got a year remaining on his contract. The Suns want a uh, replacement player, uh, believed to be a midfielder. Some talk about Reece Stanley going back to uh, going to the Suns, but I think that he'd be the last person that they need. Yeah. They've already got Peter Wright, Tommy Nichols, they've got Tommy Lynch, maybe for one more year. Um, they've got a few big guys there. So Reece Stanley's a strange one, I think. Uh, Menzel? Um, well, because he's a free agent, he's going to be dealt separately. Yeah. They can get him for free anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think they need, really, an emerging gun midfielder. Who are you throwing up? Well, it's going to be a Darcy Lang, maybe a college as He's got, you know, a brother there, isn't it? Yeah. But see, he's balked at going north before. Yeah, okay. So the Cats sort of say that he's actually not that keen. In any yeah. case, the Cats are going to have to basically persuade or convince one of their players to go there to make this trade happen, unless they can get a third club involved. Yeah. How would you convince someone to move to the Suns? <sighs> It'd be hard yards. I think this club's in real trouble. How long... Till you reckon that clubs have the power, like power goes both ways. It's got to change. So players can nominate where they want to go. Yeah. So if the Cats, I don't know, I've never been in this situation where you're going to get traded, so I can't, I don't speak from experience, but like, as I said, NBA fan, lover of it all. Like you get moved on if the club thinks they can do a better thing. Yeah. So you know, we, we do have a lot of pla- power as players and be interesting. I'll be probably finished playing by the time the power swings back to the clubs. But And that's where potentially the Bulldogs can get stiffed here. If Jake Stringer says he wants to go to the Cats, who are trying to do three different deals at the same time and have only really got pick 20 to give the Dogs, yeah. um, you know, they're going to win that win that trade. Yeah. But uh, So, you know, what can the Bulldogs do? It says yeah, can't he, do anything. Not much at all. Yeah. So that's going to be difficult. Um, what else? What do you think, just lastly, do you think Gold Coast, if they're not satisfied with the deal – for Gaz. Do you think they should keep him? Because yeah, he said Carlton, he's going to retire. Yeah, I think Carlton showed precedent with Bryce Gibbs of, yep. no, nah, we're going to keep you. And I probably make it throw the element of that he'll retire into it, but... Um, Which I think he will do. If you don't get what you want, I don't know, do you make a stand and, as a football club and say, this is what we're going to have to do to make a stand? Or mm. I don't know, but it's, it's easier in my position to say you make a stand because you're costing yourself a player and a draft pick. Yeah. So mm. I think They'll definitely get the deal done. It just depends who they can convince, I suppose. Well, I agree. Do you reckon he's bluffing with the retire- no, retirement? No, oh, it's, too, it's too loud, isn't it, the talk? I think he's already moved to Torquay already. I think he's living in Torquay and has absolutely no plans to go Never back. going back to the Gold Coast. Yeah, and I think that's part of the leverage, really. Yeah. That sends a pretty strong message to Gold Coast, doesn't yeah. that? Yeah. And I think from that, the AFL, there's a role for the AFL to, to play here. Oh, say. He's going to put bums on seats Correct. at Geelong and... Yeah. So get Gary back on the Friday night stage. He hasn't played a Friday night game at uh, Gold Coast. So a bit of talk about Jack Watts. I think he's definitely tradable. He is on the market. Don't worry about that. Uh, Jesse Hogan being linked as well. I think it would have to be an exceptional deal to get Jesse Hogan um, out of the Ds. He's got a bit of work to do, Jesse. Off-field or on-field or uh, what? Both. I yeah. think off-field he's got to strengthen his relationships with his own teammates. Yeah. He's got a bit of body language uh, stuff to improve. I think he needs to show a bit more commitment and desperation to the team cause. Yeah. Um, he has had a horrible year. We get all that. But 
Australia. Very, very rough year, and his first two were amazing. People yeah. kind of forget he kicked a stack of goals in yeah. his, his first two seasons. So the, and no one's denying that the talent's there. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's not all be about that talent. anymore. I was yep. say. It's yeah. not all about kicking goals, and you can see. I don't know he's going to be a gun player, but as you said, like players need to be so much more than just good on game day. Richmond uh, said this morning that they don't want Josh Shackey, which doesn't leave a lot of uh, competitors in the market for Josh Shackey, to be honest. He might be headed back up to Brisbane. His worth has really uh, dropped. And an interesting one-two punch from the Dogs, getting Jackson Trengove, we think, is a free agent from Port. Helps bolster that uh, ruck key back stocks. And also Hayden Crozier, maybe, from Fremantle. So he's that high-jumping... Um, exciting forward who can pl- who yeah, can break a line half back left foot array yeah so he's got the Great versatility yeah. which is yeah. the loop beverage thing in it yeah. and adds a bit of outside speed Pendle's got his eye on him yeah no I, I reckon he's a nice player he's looked yeah. into good he yeah. has done some hard yards at Fremantle why wouldn't you want Shaggy is it the whole <laughs> well, pull, pulling out the grand final thing and coming oh, you can understand here? Richmond's well from an outsider Richmond, they've got speed to burn in the front half and they've gone small. Obviously, I think that's probably the way they want to go. They still do need to think about the succession plan and they yeah. will be. Because Reebok's 30. So that's, I think, we're going to yeah. put the uh, eggs in the basket of Tom Lynch. Oh, okay. For yeah. next year. Oh, well, every club will be doing that, won't they? They will. <laughs> only, one, only one's going to get it. Yeah. Queuing up out the door. Up the pies. Is that all you got? Is that all we got? Jeez, I thought you were no, excited. That's good. Coco that was... comes here, asks that's 10 right. questions of podcasts and says, no, uh, that was, is that all That's good. Where's um, Jack Watts going? I saw him in a pies jumper on social. Any chance? Um, oh, everyone gets linked to Collingwood. <laughs> as, I think, as I said, I think he's gettable. I think Melbourne probably take a top 30 pick for, uh, for Jack as it stands. Top 30? Yep. Fell out of favour? or? Yep. I think he'd been dropped twice this year and two parties would be happy to separate, but um, I don't know that there's um, huge demand banging down the door at the minute. So in any case, maybe he goes back to Melbourne next year, You know, gets a bit of a wake-up call. After finishing fourth in their best and fairest last year, maybe going to be comfortable in the preseason. Um, and we, love, we love Jack. So I think I, think I love that. That was good. good. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Good, Coco. Uh, well, I think that's it. That's it. This is it. Last show. Mm. Last show. Can't, Until a, next year. Give us a good wrap back. Up. Yeah. Bigger and better. Oh, we're, oh, gonna, good. we're going to make some changes next yeah. year. Are we? I not not ve- in personnel. Okay. I think we vlog next year. Yeah. What does that mean? No, we what got video? video. The V is yeah? for video. Yeah, V for video. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. On the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to get oh, that regime. Start going. now. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us. So we do all appreciate everyone who has listened uh, throughout the year. It has been a lot of fun. It has. We've enjoyed, uh, enjoyed We've enjoyed a bit of banter. So thanks so much for listening. Um, and we'll hopefully catch you next year on the Jock and Journal. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See ya. Ciao. Bye.